0: Welcome to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast. This podcast is to connect with those with a dream. Join us as we sit down and I personally share my personal story of how I was an Uber driver and I became a portfolio millionaire. The aim of this podcast is to inspire, motivate and help educate individuals who are looking to build wealth and to have the right type of mindset to creating wealth. We're going to be sitting down with many business experts around the property industry. Each guest will be providing lessons learned through practical advice on how anyone looking to creating a better life for themselves through property, mostly those who desire the mindset of abundance, the shift that is required to take them from where they are now to where they want to be. My name is Daniel Moses. I'm the founder of Property Wealth Brand, and I welcome you to our brand new podcast tonight. I'm joined with Susanna Cole. Susanna Cole, I'm going to be, you know, bringing in very, very shortly. And just before we get into kind of a, uh, you know, having a conversation with Susanna, just want to kind of give you a little bit of a, you know, profile information about this amazing lady. She started her business, you know, first business at the age of 22, and she broke out of the corporate ward and became a property entrepreneur, a property coach, a mentor, and also, you know, a lady who started a property journey over the last five years or so. So without further ado, welcome Susanna, how are you today?
1: I'm really good, and it's nice to be here and nice to talking about property. And let me just jump in, because I'm a little geek. We sourced property 45 mil. We sourced them at an agreed purchase price of 30 mil, but they were worth 45. Oh, wow. um, and some of them I sourced onto to others so that I could use the profit for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just a geek, so I just thought I'd check yeah, that absolutely. one. But obviously- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yes, it's very very, it's very, very important to have that clarity. First of all, let's just kind of give your administration team, my administration team, a massive, massive thank you for making this happen. Because they have been doing a lot of conversation and making sure this day come to pass and bringing all those information that we did have today. So Susanna, welcome to the show. All right. So just before we get started, just kind of tell us a little bit about you. Who is Susanna Cole?
1: Well, I'm here in Bristol, Centre Bristol. And I've just got a little independent street. I imagine a lot of people can relate to that. And if, yeah. if, in fact, today, I had the most gorgeous day today, but I was driving to acupuncture at 8.30 against the traffic and thinking, I am so grateful. I no longer have those cues, I no longer have that corporate job. I no longer have that kind of feeling of trappedness. So whilst I enjoyed all of that kind of, ex- you know, I had some amazing jobs. I used to work for Kiss. I used to the marketing director of a really iconic you know, museum here in Bristol, um, I nonetheless wanted and still want independence for myself. I think it's a real key driver. And I think a lot of people can really relate to that. So that's why I started Property. So I have two children. They're now grown up and they were and are my responsibilities. So I love them to yeah. a bit. I'm also very responsible for them. And I think yeah. that family push has always been a key driver as well, you know, providing safety and
2: security.
0: I mean, it's just good to know that whatever we do in life, family is one of the biggest purpose where we want to. I'm a very family oriented person. I've got a lovely wife and two kids, and I've now built a life that is surrounded by them and the business. So work doesn't feel like work. Business doesn't feel like business. I'm just someone having fun, creating a lifestyle and generating cash flow and helping others. And obviously creating my own property, you know, empire at the same time. So it's just good to know that you are the same. Yeah. Great. What actually, what was the reason why you started in your journey as a business person at the age of twenty-two? Twenty-two, a lot of people will be going to nightclubs
1: and having fun. (laughs) You know they would. Well, I had family young. Um so I kind of bucked the trend of having children older. I had children quite young and I still wanted to bring some income in for the family, but at the same time, I was very clear, you know, I didn't want to be away from my family. So I found self-employment and running a business actually really useful to be able to marry, uh, wanting to be with my responsibilities and also needing to put a roof over the head. It was sort of a, a corner, if you like. I did start like a little nightclub when I was 18. You know, I've always had little entrepreneurial ideas. And then this was when I was 22, it was a fair trade business. I, I feel and felt that there are really odd imbalances in the world and yeah. so I want to do something about it so started out as a festival trader and grew it to five shops up in Scotland and then yeah. came down here to Bristol so I also think there's a push and a pull isn't there for entrepreneurs the push is, for me it was I've got young children, I still want to be with them I don't want to go to a corporate job and not see them so that's that like you know you push away from your current situation that isn't satisfactory you know which is i, I want to be with my family so and yeah. then cool which is i want freedom i, I want independence yeah. i want choice yeah. and i yeah. think both so for most entrepreneurs isn't there probably the same for you
0: absolutely you know funny enough you say this right i'm so blessed to most of my community members the ratios of females are very massive so i think from the last time we checked the statistics shows that we currently have about 65 to 75% of female in our community. We currently got just about 3000, 3000 property entrepreneurs in our Facebook community. One things that I, I hear all the time is I've got kids, I've got a husband, yeah. you know, how do I cope yeah. as yeah. a, you know, how do I even become an entrepreneur in the first place? Not to even talk about property, Yeah. yeah. you know? So, You've been able to balance this. How did you manage to do it? Being in a corporate world before transitioning into property, how did you
1: manage to do it? I don't know if I would use the word balance. I'm quite straight speaking. I want to. I don't want to pretend like you know. Oh yeah, you just do this and that's it. Multimillionaire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's not pretend the word balance is part of it. Now, now my life is adorable, but but that's because I did that non-balance work for a while. So there are some basics I cut out. And we've probably all read the books. You know, I cut out TV for a long time. I couldn't tell you for a decade what was on telly, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said to my friends, look, I adore you, but I'm not going to be around so much because I've got to do this thing to make sure my family's safe. And luckily, my friends stayed with me, which I'm really grateful for. So, I mean, I still saw them and I, you know, I've got wonderful friendships, but I was also a little bit upfront and saying, look, I'm not going to be going, you know, I'm going to be doing a lot of work for the next few years. So yeah, balance wasn't necessarily a thing. And I know this sounds very unsexy, I was naked. And, and I just don't ever want to say, oh, it was really easy, but I was more determined to get where I wanted to get to than okay about being a little bit tired. You know And, and so I
2: guess some of the
1: for me was actually I would never say it was balanced because it was like, go, go, go." you know every mm. 15 minutes of my day was, was taken up in my working day. And then, of course, with the kids, of course, you're at home. So you cook dinner, you get their school clothes ready. You know, we used to have little Rayburns. So I put their school clothes on the Rayburn to heat up for the next morning. So when they woke up in the morning, lovely warm school clothes. you got to be pretty darn organized, haven't you? you yeah, know? yeah. Food and all the rest of it. So you, I think you do have to say, what can I take out? So television was a must. Friendships kept up with them but often it was by the telephone and I wouldn't go out clubbing when they go out clubbing I would just see the photos and have the giggle but I'd be in bed at like nine o'clock because you've got to go for it the next day so it's take some out compromising some things and then I didn't fast and I think that's not a technical term but I think if you focus and absolutely drill down and get the work done you know there's no scrolling on social media there's just focus and concentration on the task, you can be really effective, especially if you're a working mum or dad with bookends of obligations to your family that you want to deliver on. And then we always had rules Sunday. Sunday was the family day. You know, as they got older, like, you know, a little bit older than your guys, they'd be like, Mom, you're so boring. You know, I (laughs) want to spend time with my friends. So they would be allowed to spend time with their friends on Saturday or all their friends would be at the house, whatever. And then Sunday was sacrosanct family day for just being with each other.
0: Wow. Wow. Funny enough is this, there's a few couple of points in what you just said. You said I wasn't going to call any corners at all because I was knackered. Right. I was knackered. I was tired. But I had to do whatever I needed to do to live the life that I mm-hmm. live now. Yeah. So for example, you have now built a business that's done over 45 million pounds in yes. sales. All right. Deal sourcing and you know, any type of deal sourcing and I presume that could be from developments to land developments, to buy refurbish finance, to sales accommodations, to HMOs. The list can go on and on over 45 million pounds. Right. So that definitely has come with a lot of sacrifice. What yeah. was the mindset around you creating a mindset that when most people get into property, they always think about how can I make my first thousand pounds? How can I make my first 10,000 pounds? But you went for 45 million pounds.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't mean to. It's just Well, I'm quite, I enjoy competing. So the way that I would compete with you would be like, see you raise you. And then you go do something amazing. And I'm like, whoa, if he can do that, I can do it. So it's not yeah. like um, competition to squash. It's competition to yeah. so, come on then, let's go for this. This is fun. You know, this is a game, it's fun, it's important. And then if yeah. you do something amazing, I want to learn from you. And then I'll gladly share and teach the thing that I've done that maybe you hadn't yet done. So I like the whole see you, raise you, see you, raise you. I like improvement. I like m- getting to the top of a person's potential you know, whether it's your potential, my potential, you know what what I mean? It's like, how can we continuously improve? But really, I was very aware from the beginning, having previously run a business that cash flow is king. So about 50% of property developers, not investors, developers go bust. So what I'm talking about is people that mainly buy, build out, sell, and then buy, build out, sell, and don't keep things to, to live on. You know, Big chest, woo, go for it. And about 50% of those guys, and sometimes they're ladies, but often they're guys, I don't mean this rudely, they'll go And because I've previously ran a business, I knew cash flow was king. So I knew that whilst I was building my property portfolio, which was my goal, we had to keep the cash coming in, which was the deal packaging business. If the cash isn't there, you shut the doors, you know, the lights go off. So I was Absolutely. just mindful, and of course, property does swallow cash in the very early Property's like this great big chart, isn't it? That goes, whoop, let's have all your cash. Ooh, look, you can live on like 10 hours a week work now. Okay, for mm-hmm. so a six-figure income. So you just gotta navigate that blip for the first few years before you go, ah, oh, we're cruising. Yeah. So I'm just aware that that was important. And I wanted to get there as fast as possible because my goal, as much as I love property, And I love the creativity and the discount and the deals and the energy and the the fun and the frustration. My goal was not, I'm not an empire builder, despite we did 217 deals in four and a half years. So, you know, we did it, but I'm not an empire builder. My goal is life. So I wanted to get through the tunnel to the life as fast as possible. So my target on year one was I'm going to do 60 deals. And I was really annoyed myself that I only did 43 deals, you know?
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. I was really annoyed.
0: Funny enough, you say these 60 deals within your very first year, right? And the 60G obviously would have brought in so much income. Now, talk us through what were these actual deals that you were sourcing? What was the actual deals that you were selling?
1: Simple, uh, residential houses. I did a few commercial to resi, a few plots of lands, but primarily I was dealing with property investors who were relatively new to property. So they're not going to be sophisticated enough to really know how to convert commercial to resi. It wasn't even trendy then anyway. So it was one bed, two bed, three bed flats, two bed, three bed, four bed, five bed houses. And I just worked them through. A really nice tip as a property deal packager is to look at a house that's been extended and developed by a smaller scale builder. You know, say like a house turned into four one-bed flats. Yeah. You buy the whole thing and then divide it up into the four and then sell on four package deals. And you get paid very handsomely. And of course, for them, they're going to be happy to sell it a little bit wholesale anyway, because they don't actually get paid out until the bank is finally paid off. So even if they sell three slightly higher, they're still paying interest and getting no cash back until the fourth one is paid off. So I did quite a lot of those like small blocks of four, six, eight flats as well. So that's a real tip
2: to go for. Wow.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Like I said earlier, you (laughs) must have your your pads taking notes because this lady, she is on fire. And you can already see the nuggets are being dropped right now. Now we've spoken about the mindset and we talked about a couple of deals that enabled you to close over 60 deals within your very first year. Mm-hmm. All right. Why was wealth creation so important then? Because if you've been able to do a 45 million pounds worth of sales, one thing it's clear that your mindset was wealth creation. Yeah. All right. Your mindset was cash flow. Cash flow is king. If you don't have cash flow, you're literally there's no you, right? Because you're gonna get overwhelmed. Why is it important for anyone who's getting started in property right now to think about cash flow first in order for them to create wealth?
1: Because it's the resource. So I was never particularly greedy for like, give me the cash myself. I was the classic entrepreneur that reinvested everything into the business for the first few years. Wow. Wow. Uh, but if you think about resources in a business, you know, what drives a business, you know, is it the biggest resource is cash flow. So you can't spend it twice. And of course. No. I wanted to bring in the income, but then I wanted to reinvest it in property. So if you stay alive by managing your cash flow, that's tremendously good news for you because then you go to live another day and bring in more deals and build more property. And the other yeah. thing course, property, well, you know yourself, you know, you do, you, we were talking about a deal that you've done and it was a couple hundred grand of renovation cost. Like that's, you know, tremendous outcome and tremendous uplift that you achieved. But that's going to be quite heavy on the cash flow. Um, Now, I also worked with investors, so I didn't always work with my own cash. But I've always been mindful not to overstretch myself. So I used to borrow up to a million pounds in private cash from investors, but never more, because my thinking was this: it would be annoying beyond belief if things didn't go well for me. But at least if I have a million quid, I could over the next twenty years pay them back. Do you know what I mean? And so. By generating cash flow, you are generating the most important resource for a business to reinvest into people, processes, systems, tech, computers, but most importantly, property. So it's yeah. super important that you look at your cash flow every single week, uh, month at the beginning when it's very because it'll be very tight. You know, you'll be blowing cobwebs into your bank Absolutely.
0: account. Absolutely. Funny enough, funny enough, you even say that. You know, you'll be blowing cash flow, you know you know cobwebs into your bank account. I'm someone who strongly believe when you're getting started, you know, one of my mentors will say, when you're the come up, he says, when you're the come up, you really want to go all in. Oh yeah. So don't worry about the shining penny stuff. Don't worry about holidays. Don't worry about reward. No. Right? Don't worry one. All no. right. Go 100. In fact, go 120% in, 150% in. Yeah. Now, closing it's- 60 deals, I'm going to keep using 60 deals because it was your first year because I want to try and relate that to Those who are just getting started. One of the things that I did in my first year, I was nowhere near you. I done twenty property deals in my first year. Twenty property deals in my first year. I generated, yeah, I generated over you know significant amount of money in excess of hundred thousand, about around about eighty to hundred thousand pounds in sales, which is great, right? For me, the reason why I did that because I was still trying to connect the dots. I was still trying to understand how it works. Now. The mindset of doing about 100 deals or 60 deals in your first year, which now help you skyrocket into what you have now and what you're still doing currently, a lot of people will see that as hard work. A lot of people wouldn't understand their cash flow. A lot of people wouldn't understand how to actually increase the cash flow as well as understanding their cash flow. And you was able to understood both. So that would be understanding your cash flow, understanding how to generate the cash flow, and also how to increase the number of leads that is going through. If you see what I'm trying to say here, I'm trying to deconstruct three very vital information, which is actually very important when you're trying to understand how you're not going to end up creating leaky pockets in your business. And plus, you went into raising private 1 million pounds investments as well. Yeah. Susanna, you are in business.
2: You are <laughs> a monster.
1: <laughs> I'm five foot too. I'm only little. Wow. But you're quite right about the shiny penny. And the one thing is in your early days, you're going to be too busy. Like I literally would have been too busy. I mean, I did go and check out the latest Maserati the other day. You know, it was the press release, the sports car and I was grinning from ear to ear. But that's now. You know, I used to go to property talks and In the end, and I'm very honest as you can tell, you know, I I was like, in the end, when I was doing a talk at a hotel, even I, who really doesn't care that much about status symbols, although I do love jewelry and I do love travel and I do love hazards, yeah, even I was thinking, I'm gonna have to park my car not in the hotel car park because it's so awful. That I mean, I was a multi millionaire on paper, not in cash, on paper, you know, with the properties for that point, and I was thinking. Like everything I hope I'm going to share with people will be very useful to them to succeed yeah. themselves in property, but they're not going to believe me if they look at this awful car. And because yeah. a I didn't want to put any money into it, and b I was too busy. So in the early days, you do have a kind of thing of your time is very tight. But as you say, understanding cash flow. Get a bookkeeper and get an accountant. You do not need to do everything yourself. And then, one of your things is your monthly meetings with your finance team. Can you show me the projections for cash flow? If it's not something that's a person's skill, you don't need yeah. to do everything yourself. Yes.
0: If you've been inspired and motivated by the content of this podcast and thinking, how can we help you be further? We offer coaching, mentorship, training for anyone looking to getting started in property, whether you've got some money, we've got little money, we've got no money at all. There are ways that you can actually get started in property. If you're that person and you want to get started, you want to create wealth, you want to build wealth, you want to transition from a mindset of lack to a mindset of abundance, make sure to visit our website, which is propertywe.co.uk, www.propertywe.co.uk. We're looking forward to welcoming you and looking forward to seeing you in one of our masterclass or our live networking events across London. Take care and see you soon. Absolutely agree. I couldn't agree at all. Any less than that. So I'm going to very quickly go into this because this is something that's really burning in my head right now. I work with a lot of female clients as my mentees, clients, and, and so on. And one of the things I often realize with them is that... Being a mother, being a wife, and being a professional, yeah. all right, you know, in whatever career that they have, that could be a nurse, an accountant, you name it. What would be one tip that if you were to give away right now would be how they can reorganize themselves and go all in to smash it to becoming, you know, financially abundant in property?
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of looking at the longer term. So every September, I plan my following year. Now, in the early days, you know, everything's chaotic in a business. Of course, it is. Absolutely. So the one big tip is really not sexy. It's time management. And you're like, what? You know, I'm doing this to be free. So first thing is 30% on deals, 30% on investors, and 40% on working on your business. So right now, if your mentees are watching this, that is them and say hi everybody. That is you learning. So that is you working on your business. You know, working with your accountant is on your business, putting up social media posts is on your business, project writing your business plan is on your business. And then 30% investors and 30% deals. The next thing is systematize it and run it to your time frame. I don't like this sentence at all because I find it quite rude actually, but the tail doesn't wag the dog. So Make sure your business centers around you in your time frame. By that, I mean some simple. So first off, lay out your year's worth of investor days if you're going to do them or investor zooms. Don't just put one out. Just go, okay, here's my calendar. This is when that's happening. You know, put the big stones in. Lay out your business plan. How many properties am I going to buy? Put the big stones in first, then the smaller stones, then the sand, then the water, as we all know. And then run it your way. So don't be persuaded by other people to run around their agenda. Now, that wow. can be quite difficult, especially because women, we often are there as glue in a community. So we'll often, you know, support and run around others rather than them running around us. So by that, I mean some simple stuff. I never once met anyone in a cafe or Starbucks because, A, it would cost some money. And early on, every money was going in. And B,
2: penny counts. Cool.
1: Oh my God. Not now, but then. Oh honey. honey, It would be like 20 minutes to go there and 20 minutes to go back. And it's like, man, I don't have 40 minutes to waste because I'd rather hang out with my kids. So everybody came to my kitchen table. Now there's Hmm. two reasons for that. Number one is they're running, not to my time frame like clicky finger, but I'm simply making good use of my time. They do the travel, not me. You know, and number two, they get to see my family home, so I'm clearly not going to run away. They get to see meet my family sometimes, so actually take what might be not a disadvantage but an additional responsibility and make it an advantage. You come to me, you see how tidy my house is, you meet my kids; they're quite well behaved, you know, and it means that you're not spending forty minutes traveling to and from meetings. No, they go next one comes in, you know, they go next one comes in, and then the other one is build your confidence because women occasionally. The stat is that a man will go for a job if he thinks he can do 30% and a woman will go for a job if she thinks she can do 70% and above.
2: So
1: kind of appreciate the power that you have. Mm -hmm. And finally, if you're going to events, always go smart so you stand out and always have a skirt or a pair of trousers with pockets in order to get business cards. Pockets are like a secret weapon.
0: there's a lot of similarity of what you just said there. You know, you brought people to your home. Yes. Now, a lot of people who are invested in property would see that as awkward. Why will I bring an investor to my home? Why will I bring someone who I've not met to my home? See, I'm, I'm quite similar to this. My kids, so when I started my property journey, probably five years, four or five years now, my son probably would have been about eight years old yes. or so, eight, nine years old. My daughter probably would have been six years old. She's 10 now. I literally went with my kids to every single view because my wife worked full time. She's a store manager in Max and Spencer. And I literally went every single view. my kids will go in the car, even up to today. When I have my events, my training, my wife is at work. My kids are in my training events. So like I said, from the beginning, I built a lifestyle around my family, yes. around my kids. There was a deal I closed about a couple of months ago. I closed it in my living room before that time I hadn't moved into my office So I closed in my living room. So I had one of my students in my living room, a landlord in my living room, and we closed it in my living room. Now, it's all about not overthinking things. You see, a lot of things that hold people back, would you agree with me, would be overthinking.
1: And I think the overthinking is actually sort of seeking an external permission, I think, isn't it? So, you know, I need to have a nice business card. I need to have a nice email. I need to have a nice website. I need to have a nice office like, yeah, you probably do, you know, in the long run need to have most of those things. But like I we did 22 million quids worth of property before I even had a website, because I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to do the relationships on the phone and do business first. So that was a failure on my part. I will agree, but almost give yourself permission. Like you gave yourself permission to do it with the kids, yep. it, to do deals in the living room. Because what I adore about entrepreneurs is they do deals. They love the excitement of the deal. The location is irrelevant. My favorite, my favorite night in property, and I'm really healthy and I do a lot of sport and all that stuff. But yeah. My favorite night in property, I'd gone to speak at um, Ranjan's property event and then 11 of us went, went out and couldn't find anywhere. Um, so we ended up in McDonald's eating 99 pence uh, donuts. Now, McDonald's is not my normal restaurant, right?
2: Yeah. And we
1: sat there on these tall stools eating You know, all the cars in the car park. I was the poor, this was years ago, so I was the poorest person out of the group, definitely at the time. You know, I was still on my way like at the beginning. Um, yeah. And we just gassed property for like two hours in McDonald's late at night. You know, yeah. eating like nine pence donuts. And that, I was looking around at this group of enormously successful people loving every second because people were not, I mean, you know, we all go to nice restaurants as well, but we were just loving the buzz of the entrepreneurialism. Yeah. So they could have done a deal sitting on a swing, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. I think for your guys, and especially for your ladies, obviously always be safe, be mindful of personal security, but but give yourself permission to be an entrepreneur in any location especially in your living room. Absolutely.
0: I couldn't agree anything less. So I know we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon, but before we go, before we get into that section, I'm going to really kind of take a step back and just kind of deconstruct a few of the nuggets that has been given here. So you said you didn't even care about website and you had a 22 million pound worth of business and you didn't really get looked at the details, the website and so on and so forth. You took action and just kept taking action.
2: Yeah. Because it's relationships.
0: Was there any time where you felt afraid? Was there any time where you felt <laughs> like...
2: <laughs> yes. Was there any time you felt like, I'm running a
0: million man an hour, do I need to slow down and look back? Or you just kept running?
1: You know, pose running, they always have you falling forward. It's called pose running and it's a particular style of running. That was me. I don't think I ever agreed to buy a house for myself that I had the money. In fact, never. So I always fell forward And then went, right, we're going to figure this out. But there was some structure underneath it. So yes, I was repeatedly quite, I don't know if anxious is the right word. I had heightened emotion around making sure what I was doing had the bows tied, you know, at the end of the deal. Because if you're doing a lot of deals, you've still got to have huge attention to detail. So I had a lot of systems, a lot of processes that were very, very laid out. But uh, not once did I buy a house when I had all the cash. Ever. I have never done that, ever. But if we go back to, I managed my time, 30% of my time was always managing investors, and I color coded it in my diary. 30% of my time was on deals, I coded it in the diary, and then 40% on the business. So you can really quickly look at your diary and go, Am I managing this kind of attribution? I can't say the words. Am I managing? Thank you. That one, after okay. time, or am I doing a bit too much on deals or a bit too much on investors, and I need to balance out my time? So I need to kind of do a bit of correction, because if you do that and you've got deals landing, you'll have investors landing. I mean, absolutely. it's never as easy as that, but that is the principle, and it does work, doesn't it? Well, you know, you've done it. Uh,
0: absolutely, absolutely, I couldn't agree anything less. That's the only way to do it. You've got to, be able to go in. I use the word collaboration. So the work collaborating every single structure of what you have to yes. creating one single outcome
1: yes. is the work. Can I ask you, were you ever afraid?
0: Well, I once felt afraid, and this actually happened very recently. I remembered when I was going through my very first ever buy finance project. That was February last year. Okay, That was the very first time I was doing my first buy. And it was towards the end of that project. So all of a sudden, I was asleep and I woke up sweaty, very sweaty. I just woke up being very, ever so sweaty. There's two things I was talk about. You have a monkey on your shoulder, on your left-hand shoulder, and you have a lion on your right-hand shoulder. You have two voices that's currently speaking to you every day. However, the monkey on the shoulder on this left side, it's always louder than the lion's voice. Yeah. The reason why the lion is always quiet, more quiet even though he's trying to rap, is because here you have the naysayers, you have the people who's going to tell you it's not going to work. You have people telling you why do you want to be wealthy? You're good the way you are, and often these are the people that care about you the most. Yeah. So I remember sleeping, and I it was almost like in a dream. It was just like it's physical, and I woke up. I was so sweaty, and all it dawned on me in February 2020 that I was almost in 200,000 pounds in investors' finance alone. All right, so I had borrowed. 200,000 pounds from investors, you know, I that know. I needed from the project. And I panicked and I felt like the project was because the voice inside of me was saying to me the project was going to fail. That was, the, that was what the voice was telling me. And I woke up, I, was, I panicked a couple of hours and, and I said, No, I did my due diligence. My numbers arrived. Right. I, I went through, I opened my laptop in the middle of the night and I started going through everything. I was like, No, why, why, am, I, why am I afraid? Well, if I had listened to that voice, yes, okay, that would have been the end of my buy refurbish your finance journey, which has now given birth to a seven million pound projection of a portfolio.
2: Lovely. So after that happened,
0: very quickly lockdown happened. And a couple of months later, more panic. However, I still came out and the property got with value at 700,000 pounds. Yes. And I said, wow. So if I had really listened to the, that negative voice, that would have been the end of me really. And now this is what happens to a lot of people. First of all, people panic when they pay for mentorship, people pay when they pay for training programs, people pay when they go and network with other people, people even panic just on going on Instagram live to tell people what you do live yeah. to promote yourself. People panic. Yeah. And even use themselves to people that can open doors for them to raise finances. And then something I say, the money that you're looking for is in the hands of people that is in your network, people who are looking at you. Yep. I agree. You're not confident in your own self. How then? So for me, this was my very first panic. And after I overcame that, all right, within, I think it was about 12 hours or so that I came out of it completely. I have now gone just within what? coming up to 18 months now, I've raised over half a million pounds and now currently working with investors and currently looking to raise about a million pounds in revenue. However, I've been able to leverage on business expansion loans and so on and so forth with a smaller community and I've raised over half a million pounds, done multiple projects. For me, and this is one thing I say, I've only been in the industry for five, just coming up to five years and I now have a projected valuation of a business in the region of over 7 million. Anyone can do it. I agree. So what, have 50, 22 million pounds and above 45 million pounds in transaction. Yeah. We are ordinary people, right?
1: Yeah, completely ordinary, to be quite frank. I mean, you're not clearly, but you know, so what we're really saying is growth spurts can be a tiny bit painful, you know. Panic, you know, and you've got to have people around you at that point that go, you'll be fine. And you're going, Yeah, I'm totally panicking. Yeah, I'm totally terrified right now. And so growth spurts are painful. And then you grow and then your comfort zone is pushed out. So you went from 200 to half a million to a million. Comfort, 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 you know. And so I think people need to appreciate this is part of the journey. So when it happens to people in your group, they're like, oh yeah, he was talking about that. So it happened to him too. It happened to Susanna, you know, uh, it is part of the whole process because you are swimming against the tide. You Absolutely. Are, and you do have that crabs in a bucket situation. And it is normally the people who love you the most want you to be safe, but safe is not free, if you see what I mean. So, you know, crabs in a bucket where somebody, a crab climbs out the bucket almost, and then another crab tries to climb out the bucket but pulls the first crab down just from its physicality. And you yeah. have to kind of identify and go, oh, that's a crabs in a bucket moment. And I'm still pretty sure I'm on the right track. Because I think if you could do it and I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, I think if somebody went to the moon, then most humans with the right training would be able to go to the moon.
2: Because if
1: one human has done it, another human can do it. You've got to learn, you know, pick up, things like this, you know, what were the key components? Not just of what I learned from technical skills, but what did I observe mindset-wise? You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we both got through panic and fear and, and, and blind terror, occasionally mindful on, you know, the technical stuff like cash flow and business plans and all the rest. But if I can do it, anybody can do it. And if you can do it, anybody, and that's not downgrading what we've done. It just says that if it's humanly possible, it can be replicated by the people. It's a system, isn't it?
0: Great, great, great. Wow, wow, wow. This has been very, very, very interesting. I'm just going to kind of do a little bit of a and a now. I've got someone who's just asked a question and I'm gonna quickly go into that from it's coming from the group. So the question here is someone has asked on the group and says, love the women perspective, really insightful. Now, the advice here would be: it says, what advice would you have to give to an ambitious woman who is looking to create wealth yeah. to help and to lift up others? What would your one advice be?
1: I know it's a cliche, put your own oxygen mask on first, which is, it's not like you're kind of grabbing for yourself first, but if you, so it's Bill Gates wants to spend all his money primarily on eliminating malaria and he's got all sorts of toilet schemes, you know, the... People with the most money have the biggest reach to be able to help others. So once you have a base that is very stable, so I have properties and I have a six-figure income base that is stable before I kind of open the door. So it means that I can then be of real assistance without worrying about, oh golly, you know, can I put a roof above my head and can I put food on the table? So I love that your own oxygen mask on first, build a base that's solid and then from that base move forward. And I think there's a couple of different ways. There's the kind of classic, let me give material items, whether it's money or shelter or whatever. Yeah. Or there's also, let me give encouragement and motivation and support and information. And that is as valuable because it's, you know, give a man a fish or teach a man to fish, isn't it? Or in this case, give a woman a fish, or teach a woman to fish.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow, well, funny enough you say that, and I totally agree. And I have an opposite, or well, not opposite, the same sort of adjective I said a drowning man cannot lift out another drowning man when they're drowning.
1: 100%. 100%.
0: If you can't swim and you're trying to save another drowning, you're going to drown.
1: Oh, yes. So yes. help
0: yourself first. Be greedy first for yourself and later help other people.
2: All right? You
1: can have a strategy around that because I think. I mean, men can do it too, of course, but women sometimes dissolve some of their boundaries and they maybe help others to the detriment of themselves. And you have to honor yourself as well as honoring the other. That's what you're doing there is you're almost showing the other person that while you honor your boundaries and they will respect them, they can learn, maybe they didn't, to honor their own boundaries too. So don't give your last piece of food away. Make sure you're strong so that you can continue the strength. Yes, um, but yeah, information. You know, I used to buddy up uh, buddies that we buddied up in property, and so we would all gather information and share it with each other, and that was really important for my development. And hopefully, for theirs as well.
0: Great, great, great! Wow, tonight it's been such amazing, amazing, amazing night. You just keep bringing value, value, value. It's, I just enjoy it.
1: But I think we've got a similar mindset. You know, Before we came on, you were um, talking about relationship-based, yeah. and I, I think that's a similar sort of mindset, isn't it, that yeah. you're in a community, you're going to have relationships with others. So do your best by them as well as your best by yourself, isn't it? And you don't actually need that many investors. So the average investor will give you 50 grand. Now, somebody will give you like three or 10, and someone else gives you 200. So yeah. for you to raise half a million, it's 10 investors. For you to raise a million, it's 20 investors. That's not that many
2: relationships, is it?
0: Absolutely not. You know, and this is what I said. There's something I said the other day. I think I was speaking somewhere. I said, you've got to do, do a friendship audit, all right? Do an audit and only surround yourself with OQP, only quality people, right? People who are on the same vision and mission with yourself. All right. So people who will see you and lift you up, not people who will see you and lift you down, not people who will see you and say, you know what, you know, I'm not interested or in a a terrible way because there are people that couldn't be interested in a terrible way. All right. They could be, they they could be, you know, they could become one of your worst enemies, but then again, you can find people who are interested in the right way and want to support you because they know when you do succeed and when you do become successful, definitely you're going to lead the way for them to, to climb on the same ladder. Yes. You know, and that's what you want to be around. You want to be around a network. You really want to be around people who are on the same journey as you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For
1: yeah. that moment of panic, oh my goodness. Or that moment where you've just made, you know, like 200, 300,000 pounds. You can't say that to somebody in a 30,000 pound job. The average salary in the UK is 32,000. But yeah. you can to your property buddies. You can be like, look at my bank account! This is amazing. You know, and you're not showing off. You're celebrating the activity that came to this level. Yes, I yeah. I agree. Radiators and drains, isn't it? Be very mindful. Yeah. Although like my best mate always used to, he jokes that he used to always pull the strings. He, ha, my best mate happens to be a guy up in Edinburgh and he's not gone the same route at all as me, but he has just Support for what I've achieved. You know what I mean? He hasn't been interested in doing it himself, but he's given amazing advice from afar in a kind of very sensible way. Yeah,
0: fantastic. Wow, it's been a great evening, Susanna. Thank you so much for spending your quality time. You're a very busy woman, structuring this consistently and doing amazing, amazing things. And we just really, really appreciate you spending your evening with us today with my audience, with the community. This is going to be live on the podcast. Just before we go now, because we kind of go over time, because the conversation is like We can go on for two hours.
2: <laughs> we can, we can go on for two hours. Because the waves are like easily. Yes, we could easily, couldn't we? Yeah, awesome.
0: Because they say light attract light, isn't it?
2: Light attract light. When there's light everywhere,
0: darkness goes away, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I love Good. the fact that you've got a strong female group as well as the guys. I think that's wonderful. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. So just before we go, Susanna, if you can just kind of wrap up very, very quickly in two minutes, right? What would you be your greatest advice for a 22 version of you today?
1: Do it. I mean, it's such a cliche. Plan, do, review. So entrepreneurs forget to review. So plan it. I actually did 18 months of planning. So anybody that's sitting on the edge in your group thinking, oh, do I jump in? I took 18 months to plan, 18 months to read, 18 months to write business plans, which is why I think I was able to go so fast when I started. So plan it and then do it and keep pose running, keep running forward and then review every three months. Where am I at? Where am I getting to? Where do I need to course correct? So simple stuff. It's not kind of mind blowing stuff, but it's the useful, practical advice that will keep you on track and keep you successful. But also, if a human being can do it, then you can do it. So there's nothing stopping you. And I I, I, and and believe that
2: this is possible for you too, because it completely is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I couldn't agree any any less than that. Also, what would you say to Any female writer as well thinking, right, she's done it. Maybe she got lucky, Mm. okay, of which there is no luck. I always say, put in the word, then luck will come. So how would you say, you know, they can easily take action?
1: If we assume that the woman doesn't have a huge amount of money just because, then you're going to have to bring in the resource of money into your business. And it is nerve-wracking at the beginning working with investors. So in the early days, what you might want to do is look at joint ventures, look at doing buy to sell together. So say it was you and I, and say you were the guy with all the money and I'm like, okay, (laughs) I need some money. I find the deal, you buy it, so it's very safe for you. It's in your name. You know, I can't run away with it because it's in your name. I do all the renovations. So you have to transfer me the renovation money before we start. I'm not starting until the money is across because, you know, no flies on me, you know, but as you can imagine, most investors, some investors tried everything. So, and then when it's ready, I get you back in and we meet up with the estate agent who then say, you know, what a great job you've done. And then we sell it. And you, ha- uh, obviously I use my lawyers and you pay me 50%. So it's very safe for the investor because the house is in your name. There's legal agreement yeah. between two parties, but for the woman starting with not a lot of money, as long as she can find the discounted deal and one investor willing to not do any work but put their cash in with the security of the property, that's a pretty simple proposition for the investor. And, and she will find that she can do this really well and she'll want to go again and it will really build her confidence. And the investor, yeah. once they make money, will be like, can we do this again, please? You know? So she won't need to go and find lots of new investors. Once you've got investors, they stick with you. So it's sort of understanding a simple structure that she might be able to use from the get-go. So don't sell deals for 2,000. You know, Go make like 50 grand flip in a house that you make 100 grand profit on, please. Go big.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast. If you've been inspired, motivated, and you're looking into getting started in your property journey, building a mindset for success and creating wealth for yourself, go and follow us on social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn, and also if you're looking to get in coaching mentorship and you want to get your journey started and start building a mindset that can take you from being an ordinary person to becoming an extraordinary person, follow us on our website, make inquiries, make a booking. We'll be happy to help you get started in your journey. The website is www.propertywe.co.uk and I'm looking
2: forward to see you soon. Take care.